want us to read in Nehemiah chapter 2. I want to pick up here. We were looking at burnt stones for a bit. I want to just pick up about pushing through the difficulties. And Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Nehemiah came and he said, You look at the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem is waste, the gates are burnt with fire, gates are burnt down. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem so we're no longer a reproach. And I told them of the hand of God, which is good upon me, and the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, this is what the people said, this is what, this is what happened inside people when the Holy Ghost begins to move upon them. Bring that volume down. Sounds a little loud to me. And uh, Nehemiah, his name means the comfort of God. And he came and he looked at the city which was in ruins. He saw burnt stones, broken stones. He saw rubble everywhere. But you know, he saw something beyond that. He saw through the eyes of faith what a group of people can do to change a city, to change lives that are broken down. And when Nehemiah looked around and saw the broken lives, it was in his heart not to condemn. It's in his heart not to judge. It was in his heart to be part of the answer. God calls you and me to be part of the answer to our city, part of the answer to the younger generation, part of the answer to the broken lives, not to just fall off and sit in a retirement home and do nothing for the rest of our lives. My goodness, what a waste of our life. We're called to be busy in the king's business, busy in advancing the kingdom of God. There's no exceptions, not one. All are called to arise and build. You know, when you catch the heart of the Holy Ghost, this is what you'll catch inside. Something in you will resonate. Something in you will feel concerned. Something in you will say, I want to rise up on the inside. I don't want to live in the dust of defeat. I don't want to live in the rubble of my past life. I want to be a builder for God. I want my life to count for something. A lot of people, I think the anointing's just to feel good and shake and fall over and see visions. But you read in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 61, where he talks, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's all to do something. It's to open blind eyes. It's to heal broken hearts. It's to restore the desolation of previous generations. Read it. Read it for yourself. The anointing of the Holy Ghost, that same Holy Ghost God gave you is for you to do something. It's to influence lives. It's to see people saved. It's to see them get filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to get vision and purpose and destiny. And this is what Nehemiah had in mind, restoring burnt stones, once living beautiful stones burnt by warfare, now restore them and reposition them in the wall of destiny. And that's what God has for people. Wants people who are broken, disconnected, and cut down to be restored and lifted up, doing something useful. Amen? Amen. Now, the Bible tells us very clearly, every believer is called to be a builder. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says a Christian is called to be a sitter. Not at all. Sit at the feet of Jesus, but then get up and do something. The word son in the Bible, the Old Testament is the word ben, meaning a builder of the household name. And so when you come to Jesus Christ, you're not an add-on and you're not a servant. You are born into his family. His spirit comes in you and changes you. And then you're called to be a builder because a true son is a builder of the household name. A true son is a builder of the family. 
And so the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God, become builders of lives. It doesn't take any faith to criticize. It doesn't take any faith to tear anyone down. It takes faith to see a burnt stone, a broken life, a drug addict, an alcoholic, someone whose marriage is in tatters. It takes faith to see in that burnt stone a restored stone back in the wall of destiny. You and I are called to be those kind of people to do that kind of thing. So the Bible tells us where to build. We're to build lots of things. I'll just keep it short. But you're to build your personal life. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, it says, You are God's building. So the first part of the building is yourself. You are responsible for your personal growth, not someone else. I can't make you grow. You have to choose whether you'll grow. You'll choose whether you're going to build your life or not. You choose whether you waste the opportunities or use them. But all building requires a commitment. And we're called to build. Jude 20, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost so you can build your spirit. I can't do that for you. You can build your character. I can't do that for you either. You can build your capacity. I'm sorry, I can't do that for you either. You can build and develop your skills so you have more to contribute to the work of God. We can help you with a bit of that. We can help you with all of those things to some extent, but actually you have to make a decision. I don't want to be a weak Christian who's ineffective for God. I want my life to count. I want to be a builder. You have to make that decision every day when you get up. I'll build my life. I'll build an altar to God, a place of prayer, time in the Word of God, time beginning to lay before God my day and studying to how will I walk with God today. You're called to build your life because everything takes effort to build it. It takes commitment. takes perseverance. And there's, uh, there's obstacles. There's enemies. And we're called to build the house of God, of course. Called to build. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, it says, If you're zealous for spiritual gifts and love the power of the Holy Ghost, wonderful, but let it be to build up the church. Desire to excel in building up people. Isn't that amazing, eh? 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So every believer is given spiritual gifts. Some don't even realize that, and some don't operate in them. And However, God gives every believer spiritual giftings, and there's only one reason for them. They're for building up people. Get words and knowledge, prophesy for people. It's all for building people up and encouraging people. Pray for the sick and get them healed. It's all to encourage people and build them up. Get them delivered. It's to build them up. We don't focus on the devils. We focus on building a house for God. See? Don't focus on a haunted house. Don't focus on the temple. What the temple could look like. Filled with the presence of God. So we're all called to be builders. You're, you're called to be a builder. You are a builder. It's just a matter of whether you're busy and what you're building. Or whether you're smoking on the job. Having lunch. Long lunch. A lot of Christians having a long lunch. Just out to lunch. Some, but you know, we're not like that. We're here to work on the house of God and to build people. Encourage people. Everyone's called to be an encourager, to be a builder of people. You can do that. And it works through relationships. In Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16, it tells us that what we have to contribute flows through from one member of the body to the other through joints. So you have to build relationships. You may have some great call on your life, but if you don't develop that and build relationships, it can't come about. We have to build relationships. It's through relationships that the gifts and life of God flows. And relationships are challenging to build. There's often difficulties in building relationships. But on the other hand, it's through relationship that you have a chance to minister to people. 
if you want to see people saved, you've got to build a friendship with them, build a connection with them. Don't start talking to them about Jesus. Take an interest in them and begin to find out where they are and what's going on in their life. Think, that's a burnt stone there. They don't know it, but I know it. And in a short time after I've asked a few questions and listened, I'll begin to find out just the extent to which that life is damaged. And I'll be able to offer help and support or maybe just practical kindness. Most people, it's just kindness will open their heart for you to connect into them so then you can be a builder of their life. So one of the dilemmas, of course, we get too busy to build relationships, but we have to build connections with people through which we can bring the life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every believer is called to do that. Don't say too busy. This is the job. It is the job. Building relationships, bringing the life we have to someone else, and in those relationships also receiving from others in the body. None of us can do without the others. I need what you have, and you need what I have. We need one another. And so relationships in the body, we're not meant to be just independent of each other and self-sufficient, and I've got all the anointing I need and I don't need you. That's nonsense. Spiritual pride. The Bible says we can't say we don't need one another. We do. We need one another. So through relationships, the life flows. But in all building, there's some... Uh, this is the thing about building. In case you didn't realize it, the devil gets hostile when you try to build something for God. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 4. So it say, happened when Sanballat, he's the enemy, he heard that we were rebuilding the wall. He was furious, very angry. And so he had a number of ways he tried to stop the Jews. First he began to mock them and belittle them. And so he said, well, these feeble Jews, what are they going to do? They're going to fortify themselves? They're going to offer sacrifices? Well, they think God's going to help them or something. Well, they completed in a day. Well, they revived the stones out of the heaps of rubbish, which are, the stones which are burned. And Tobiah, who was beside him, said, ha, ha, these feeble Jews, what are they doing? It's so pathetic what they're doing. Even a little fox jumped on it, the wall had fall down. Your life is so pathetic, a little problem comes along, you fall over. Can you understand, one of the key strategies of the enemy is to belittle us, to mock and uh, laugh at us, to point out how weak we are, to point out in our life where we lack. Why? He wants you just to be discouraged so you won't build. And it's here in the Bible. And you want to see how Nehemiah dealt with it, and you'll see how to deal with these issues. There will always be mockers and despisers and scorners and laughers. If you're going to do anything, and I mean anything substantial or different, there will be mockers and scorners and laughers. If you want to build something for God, there'll be mockers and scorners and laughers. If they don't do it to you directly, you'll find demonic spirits will do it. They'll laugh at you, belittle you, and laugh at what you're doing. And in your dark moments when you're wondering how to go forward, then they push in hard to make you feel like you have nothing and you're going nowhere. You have to fight them off. And so the story is about these kind of weapons, what happened. And so he just got to prayer. And at verse 6, we built the wall, and we, uh, the wall was halfway up. And of course, when everything's halfway through the job, that's when it gets a little difficult, doesn't it? You know, we all start well, but we don't always finish well. And so halfway through, there were some problems. And uh, Sanballat, verse 7, got very angry. Verse 8, they came and they conspired to come and attack Jerusalem, create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. Notice prayer keeps coming through. And so we said a watch against them day and night. And Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. There's so much rubbish we're not able to build. And our adversary said, ah, they won't know or see anything till we come in the midst and kill them, cause the work to cease. So it was the Jews who dwelt near the enemies 
They told us ten times, whatever place you turn, they'll be on you, mate. Look out. What negative, pathetic people they are, aren't they? Eh? Now, you notice what happens here is once God's people decide they're going to move forward and build. Once you decide you're going to build your life with God, once you decide you're going to build your marriage in a godly way, you're going to build your family in a godly way, you're going to build your finances, you're going to build your business, whatever area you are going to purpose in your heart to build, you have to understand there will be resistance. It will come in a number of ways, and it came in a number of ways here. Every lot of building that we do for God has some opposition. So the first they wanted to create confusion. So initially, the opposition was external. There were people outside just trying to confuse them, fill them with fear. But there's a number of weapons that were used against them. The first thing that happened, you notice, there were external enemies pushing against them. Then they had enemies in their own heart. The devil's really easy to handle. It's what's in your own heart's a little harder. Is you've got to dig in and let God deal with it. Found it quite painful sometimes. Notice what they're saying. Says, it said, this is what they said. Judah said, the strength of the labor is failing. There's so much rubbish, we can't build the wall. So often when we're trying to do something great for God, fatigue sets in. You start off well, but you get tired on the way. You have unexplained setbacks. You have disappointments. You have difficulties. You become fatigued. You have spiritual conflict. It leaves you tired. When I get involved in doing a lot of deliverance, I get very, very tired. But I really watch my energy levels. After you're tired, that's when you get disheartened, discouraged, all kinds of other problems can come. So when we set out to do something, fatigue is always a problem because it can lead to discouragement. And it can come because you've had setbacks and difficulties. It can lead to some kind of discouragement. The second thing that happens is frustration. That's what they said, there's so much rubbish. They looked around, all they could see was all the rubbish that was around. Now, we can deal with fatigue. There's a place called the rest of God. We need to learn how to come in and rest in God and prayer. It's not hard. You've just got to slow down and just take time from the busyness to just worship the Lord and allow His Spirit to refresh you quietly. Not a lot of noise. You know, in quietness and confidence, you rest. That's where you begin to discover your strength again. Sometimes we're too noisy and we don't have time or don't slow down to hear God and let Him speak in and put strength back in and put the energy back in. The other thing is where we get overwhelmed with frustrations. Notice what they said, there's so much rubbish. They began to look around and, man, the problems, the rubbish, the debris, the mess, it looked impossible to do it. Perhaps your business looks impossible to break through. Perhaps what you're doing looks impossible to get where you're trying to get. just looks like there's so many problems. Sometimes families look that way. You have this vision of raising great kids, and then on the way there's all these difficulties. Then you just wake up, and there it is. And the house that was tidy last night, there's debris everywhere. Where did it come from? Who knows? Just open the door of the car and you can feed someone for a week out of what you'd find in the floor there, you know. It's quite bad sometimes. So it's very easy to get disheartened and discouraged. We have to continue to keep our vision. Notice they got their eyes on the rubbish rather than on the vision. They got their eyes on the problems rather than seeing what God was wanting to build. You've got to keep your eye on the vision. I'll show you what Nehemiah did to fix it in just a moment. And then the final thing you see there is fear. So fatigue and frustration and fear, key things that stop us working and building. Now they've got afraid. Now, there's always someone tries to oppose the work of God. But the first thing is demons will oppose the work of God. You'll always have pressure on your mind and heart. But the worst kind of discouragement is discouragement that comes. Notice the Christians, the Jews who live near the enemy. Believers 
who live compromised, usually are cynical, critical, negative about the work of God. I'd hope you wouldn't be one of them. Notice what it says, the Jews who lived near the enemy. Believers whose lives are so compromised and so far from God that all they can report is negativity. Notice 10 times they said, oh, oh, like the Scotsman in Dad's Army. Ooh, ooh, you know, just always doom and gloom, we're doomed. You know, that's the kind of message they come up. Some people, that's all they come up with. And you notice the way it's put, they, I don't know who they are, but they saying it can't be done. They, all of them are saying that. Lots of people are saying this. That's the way it goes. You just ask the question, well, who? It goes very quiet. It goes very quiet. We don't need negativity. Negative people are already defeated. They're the Jews next to the enemy. I don't want to be the Jews next to the enemy. I want to be building the house of God. I don't want to be living in that kind of stuff. We need to have our life so we're free from that kind of stuff and we're living in faith. Once you see what Nehemiah did, he did a very, very simple thing. I'll just finish with just simply what he did. He's very, very good. Nehemiah looked at the scene. He realized, man, I've got to do something. And I love the way he doesn't react. He just looks at the deal, and then he becomes, he makes a decision. I'm going to solve the problems. God wants you to be a problem solver, not a problem pointer router. This is a lot of people are problem pointers outer. We should go through a walk through the city and point out the problems. But actually, we're not called to do that. We're called to provide solutions. So the Holy Ghost is a source of solutions. So he did three simple things. Number one, he got them reconnected. He positioned the men. So notice what he did. Positioned the men behind the lower parts of the wall, set the men according to their family. He got everyone reconnected. Just got people connected. One of the things when you discourage them down, just get connected to other believers who are positive. Get connected to people who love him. As you put them in family groups where there's love and there's care and there's nurture, you need to be connected to people who care about you. But you know something? It doesn't happen unless you follow the Holy Ghost direction and get connected. You've got to make the connections. Get on the phone. Get into a small group. Go somewhere where you've got people who know you love you, and if you're down, they can say, what's going on? Can we lift you up? Can we encourage you? So the second thing he did was restore their focus. He said to them, remember the Lord. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Verse 14, remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight. Get some fight in you. Don't lie down, be a beaten up Christian because you've got some troubles. Get inside, get back, and get remembering God. One of the greatest things you can do is begin to remember the past victories of the Lord. Remember how God has touched the lives of other people. Remember the stories in the Bible. Remember, get back into your mind how great God is. Then the rubble starts to get smaller and smaller as we get a bigger God in our mind. You get focused back on the Lord. When David faced his defeat, he remembered the Lord. Psalm 77, the, uh, David's in defeat there. He remembered the Lord. All through the Bible, they just got focused back on God, and God lifted their faith, lifted their spirit, and they carried on on the job. Isn't that fantastic? They carried on on the job. They returned to the work. Listen, every opposition of the enemy is to stop you working to do the work of God. The enemy will do anything he can to get you just to pull out of being involved in building the people of God and the house of God. If he's got you to pull back, you're basically a stone who's burned and who's out of the wall and neutralized. And God's desire is to get you back up again and get you back in, get you into place. 
And God's got a great way of doing that. He connects us in families, connects us together in small groups, puts us together, gets us refocused back on the Lord again, and then encourages us to make a stand, begin to rebuild again. I want to show you just a simple little clip. We just finished with it. It's really quite inspiring, actually, and it's about Nehemiah.